You should always go to bed with some expectation of some excitement because that's how you get sometimes the dream and the vision. How many people have ever, ever teared? How many people have like cried and you actually saw your tears like rolling down your cheek? Nobody? It's okay, you can be honest. Oh, yeah, we, we, I go like this. I do. I mean, this, you know, this, uh, I, I don't know which culture it was. I know it's not American culture, right? It's a culture that says, men don't cry. Who, who said that, you know? I think it's Italians. <laughs> you can blame on Italians. <laughs> men do cry. You know, everybody cries, you know? Yeah, especially the men who doesn't cry in the public, they cry a lot. And, and especially, I've seen some of those men who doesn't cry. When they broke off from girlfriends, oh, man, they're like, <laughs> maybe that's the only time they cry. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But the difference between the ordinary people and extra, extraordinary people is simply what? It's the vision, it's the dream that they have. And the difference between the amazing godly man or woman and of those who just believe in the God is simply vision as well. That's why even God said to even believers, without vision, people perish. Abraham, the father of faith, he was even looking for new future, new vision. And we see in, 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 in Hebrews uh, 11.10, Abram was looking forward to city with the foundation designed by our Lord. He's always looking for that city, the vision, a new place that God is designing and God is building for him. When did he was believing, looking forward to this new future and new vision? When vision came to him, when he was called to go to a new place, which will be the promised land. And he obeyed, according to the Bible. He obeyed. He believed in it so much. What did he do? He believed in it so much. He went to a place, not even knowing where this place was. And then he, in his journey, where did he live? He lived on the land. Instead of having a huge temple that he was living in, he lived in tents. But he was willing and able to do that because of the vision and the dream. It was so clear to him that even though Abraham did not know where he was going, but he knew when he take that leap of faith, even though he was going to abandon this great palace of his, I'm just saying that, nice home, nice house, He's moving into, say, the desert and living in a tent. He knows eventually, at the same time, that God is actually building a city for him. He believed in him, and therefore he was able to go. He was a man of vision. He was a man of vision who believed in God's vision is his vision. And Revelation 21.5 said that, God told that I will make all things new. And that's to 
all of us. I will make all things new. And that should be an encouragement to us all. Whatever stage you're in right now, the message today is God promised that he is going to make new things. A year ago, he made new things. Now it's time for another new thing. Whenever we are going to think about this excitement that comes with new. When you're entering new school, you get all excited. When you get a new job, you get all excited. When you come to new... <laughs> that's, that's a story we need to talk about, yes. When you, when you, um, uh, when you move to new home, it's all exciting. There's so much excitement comes to new. When you find new friends, it's an excitement. Yes. You know, and you find a new church that's an excitement. But they don't need to last too long. After a day, after a year, you move on to new vision and new dreams that's going to happen. And today's scripture is this. I'm going to take our time to try to really understand this and how, see how this is all related to the vision that we want to see, to have, to receive. Remember, vision isn't something, godly vision is not something of ours. Godly vision is something that we receive, and all we got to do is believe. And that's when things happen. Genesis 15, 1 through 6 says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in vision. You see, too often times we try to get our own vision. No, no, it doesn't work like that. When we try to get your own dream, your own vision, it is encouraged by others, but that only forces you to have your own ambition. It translates into ambition. It's not a godly vision for you, but it's your something. It's not even vision. It's not even dream. It's your ambition. And God is far from your ambition. Ambition can be a vision, but if it's a godly vision, it is something that you don't really need to be engaged fully as long as you believe it and you follow through, God is saying, I will do that for you. And this is exactly the content of which God is promising to Abraham. Abraham was a man of the faith, yes. But he believed in God. A lot of us, we don't have the even same, same faith. At the same time, we don't even believe not only in ourselves, but in God's vision for us. So when, when there is a vision, vision is not sometimes, it's not just a statement. When you have a dream, you see a picture, right? A vision is a picture of what is going to happen. So you see a whole picture. So when this says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham, that means he saw some picture. It's like you know, it's, there's a difference between reading a, a, a book and watching a movie. You can see the whole thing in one shot. A picture is worth a thousand words. Yes, he saw a picture. And here, the, the next several verses, he's trying to explain it. He saw something. It was all comprehensible, but he was asking just a couple questions. He wanted to make sure this vision, this picture is going to be his. So God is basically saying, your vision is my vision. My vision is your vision. So therefore, 
Do not be afraid, Abraham. Abraham, in this case. I am your shield, your very great reward. I will take care of it. So Abraham just wanted to make sure he understands this. He says, how can I have it all? How can we, I receive all this, the inheritance that he has already seen in the picture. You don't know it yet because we haven't read it. But he already knows. He saw it in the picture. We're just trying to you know, go one by one. And he says, God, how can I have all this inheritance when I don't even have a child, when I don't even have a son? It's impossible. In verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir. This is referring to Eliezer, who was the uh, uh, so-called like uh, someone who's responsible or captain of his household. And I guess in those traditions, if you don't have a son, all your possession heirs goes to this particular person. God is saying, no, 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 the picture says that man is supposed to get everything, but God is saying, that man is not going to get everything. Your son that is coming out of your own body is going to receive it. Verse 5, he took him outside and said, take a look at all the stars in the heaven. And you can't even count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. In verse 6, Abraham believed. He believed. <clears throat> what is he believing? Believing is response to vision and to calling. What did we talk about in the past? There are three things in life that's going to pave the pathway for you. Three things. There's Always there's a vision. Vision in, in different contexts, even if it's an ambition, it's always around. You hear, when you see a movie, you get inspired, there's the vision. When you read a book, you get inspired, there's a vision. When you read a Bible, there's a vision. There are visions. When you talk to your mentor, your, your father, your friend, your mother, you, you can have the vision. Parents do this all the time. Have a vision. Become somebody. That's a vision. Sometimes they force us upon too much, like you will become a medical doctor, architect. That's what we do. But there is always a vision. And then there is calling. <clears throat> calling is you can <clears throat> receive like little, little tugging and says, well, maybe I should become an architect. Maybe I should uh, hang out with that particular friend. I think it's a good will be good influence. That's there's calling out there, but those two things <clears throat> mean absolutely nothing to you unless you do the third thing. What is that third thing? Unless you respond, you respond. If you don't respond to that vision and calling, if you don't receive, if you don't believe, hundred percent. It's just pie in the sky. So now, let's get down to business. Where do our visions come from? Where do our visions originate? 
When has it really happened? Just think about it, even you reflect on your life. Just as the fruits come from the seeds, our vision comes from the tears we shed. From the tears that we shed. Sacrifice Jesus made and the resurrection of Jesus, they are together, they're one of the same. You cannot separate it. You cannot expect a resurrection without sacrifice. Vision is the same. You cannot have a vision without tears, acne, suffering, and challenges that we face. They translate, they transform into a vision when those vision, the, the, the teardrops are soaked and saturated in the Word of God, translates into vision. And when the tears translates into vision and becomes ours, that's when we really begin to make music. That's when the life is suddenly transforming and your life is making music. So we've been talking about the making the music, or the music of the heart. God says in Psalm 33, 3, sing to, the, sing to him the new song. And he encourages to make music. Psalm 57, 7. My heart is steadfast. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. We are to make music. We are to praise God as we've done just moments ago. At the same time, once we go outside of this place, we are to make music with our life. We've been talking about how to make music, yes. We can make music, beautiful music of the heart. We make a difference when we have a higher purpose in life, when we are just being there for someone when they need you. When you begin to tell the story of our Lord Jesus Christ, you're making wonderful, beautiful music. When you're doing life together, when you're making things right, and you say, look, I got to make things right. I got to go him or her to and say, I was full, and you do those things, you're making music. When you forgive somebody, you're making a music. When you're sacrificing, boy, that is making beautiful music. And today, we just want to continue to focus on how we can make a beautiful music in our lives after having shed tears, after having gone through the challenges in our lives. So let me just have a hands showing again now that I talked about a little bit. How many of you here really, really, really cried and, 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 and seen your own tears roll down your cheek through the challenges and struggles in life? Just raise your hands. Okay, how many of you, you had tears in your eyes and, and did, just didn't know what to do with the physical and health conditions, be included. How many of you, when you're reading Bible, there's something just 
You, you're feeling, you're inspired to feel something, all of a sudden, without you even realizing, it's like goosebump kind of thing, and it's just, the tears just well up in your eyes, and you can feel the tear dropping. How many of you? You know, you have a hope. Now, I know some of you didn't raise your hand. You can raise your hand now, because if you don't, if you don't have tears, you have no hope. <laughs> but I do know every single one of you cry with tears when you're a baby. You don't even know it, but you know it. How many babies have you seen doesn't cry, doesn't have tears? Therefore, God designed us to tear up, and when you tear, then there is a vision. So how, what does this scripture have anything to do with what we're talking about? Now I want you to focus on the very first phrase of verse 1. Very first phrase in verse 1. It says what? After this. Does everybody question what is the meaning of after this? So, okay, after this, okay, all this great vision came to uh, Abram. And he believed and great things happened. Look at all this. The question really is, what happened before, after this? So if you go back and read the chapters before this, Abraham was in tears. You see, in those days, there were so many tribes and nations and kingdoms. They were always fighting each other. Like in China, those, they, had, they had a kingdom. They fought for thousands of years. Coming back from South Korea, they talk about how these tribes, three nations in Korea, fought years, hundreds and hundreds of years. Same thing in the Middle East. The fighting and fighting all the time. In the days of Abraham, the same thing happened. There were like nine or ten different nations always bothering Abraham. They were fighting each other. They're releasing. They're taking away their possessions. They took away Abraham's nephew and his possessions. Bible does not say he welled up. He, Bible does not say he, he teared up. But it's very clear the struggles that he's been going through. He teared, just like any of us would do. After this, meaning after he shed lots of tears, he saw vision, sacrifice, and resurrection. They're one of the same. You cannot separate it. Sacrifice through even forgiving someone, you will see new life and new resurrection. You want to be healed without sacrificing, without forgiving. It's not God's formula. You show me what that is. It's not God's formula. Too often we believers make huge mistakes. I want to be healed. Just come and pray for me. And you don't want to do that tearing part. You don't want to do that forgiving part. You don't want to do that sacrificing part. That's not the formula. That's not what Jesus showed us. That's not what Jesus taught us. He sacrificed first, and he was resurrected. It's one of the same. You've got to speak both in one breath. 
cannot be separated. After this, Abraham saw a vision. He saw a picture of what it's going to be like. You know, we all want to receive it. Oftentimes, we kind of say to each other, well, you know, in Bible, look at the Bible. Abraham is a man of faith. Moses is just an unbelievable man who just knows how to obey God. And then all these prophets, you know, they, they're the one who receives, received these visions. But everyone who raised your hands, you can receive the vision because you have You have cried. God hears when we cry. God moves when he sees tears in our eyes. Our cries and tears give birth, gives birth to vision. Our tears gives birth to vision. And the key to receiving that vision is our tears when it drops, it needs to be soaked, saturated, titrated with the word of God. Then it becomes what? Not just your vision, it becomes God's vision. When it's God's vision, what happens? He will make it happen. He'll make what is impossible, he'll make it possible. He's Abraham's old picture. How could it be? It's a vision. How could it be? It's impossible. I cannot have all that because I don't have a son. It's going to go to that man over there. And God says, do not be afraid. Don't worry. I'll do it. I'll make your vision that you saw, which is now my vision, I'll take care of it. I'm going to give you some. Whoa! He'll take it step by step to deliver that. When I was around 30, 32 years old, oh boy, being in hospital five months, uh, I cried so much. I think I shed all the tears that I can shed for the rest of my life. Every night. Every night. When people come to visit me, I was okay. I was just, hi, how are you? I'm doing, how are you doing, Tim? Ah, I'm okay. When you're all gone, my parents are gone, wives, kids are gone, around midnight, and all the doctors are gone, all, most of the nurses are gone, just, just one or two nurses sitting in that, and you can all, only hear the beeping of the medical equipment. Tears were just running down in my cheeks. And during those days, when I was tearing up, my Bible was always open. And then tears came down on my cheek and touched the pages of Bible, get to soak with the Word of God, titrated, saturated, whatever you want to call it, and then it becomes God's vision. You begin to see God's vision. (laughs) 
Jesus did the same thing. He cried and teared so much to the point where his sweat turned into blood. Can you imagine that? I don't know whether you know that some medical people taught us that uh, it is actually possible or that it could happen. And he was so desperate. And he appealed to God and said, can you please remove this cup of death from me? Remember the Bible verse? He appealed to him. I mean, you may say, well, he was, he, he was God, right? He already knew what he had to do. But he, remember, but at the same time, he's 100% human. And he just appealed with the tears that's coming out of his, his cheek and just flowing like a river. And then, and, and then uh, he's just like, God, can you just take away this cup of death from me? And I did the same thing, and as I was tearing up and said, like, God, can't you just heal my heart? Can't you just heal my heart so I don't have to go through the surgery? It's like the same thing as when I was reflecting on the Bible. It's like Jesus said, like, remove this cup from me, and I was, like, crying even more. Well, why don't you do the same thing? You know, you know do your thing so I don't have to go through the heart transplant surgery. And then after all these tears were just, just coming down and, 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 and he was reflecting on the word of God and reflecting on his mission and said, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's when I was able to turn that, that my prayer. When we talk about my prayer change all the time, right? Before it was, God heal my heart. It got trans. Uh, 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 transformed to what? Simply heal me. It's, it was that time when the tears are dropping down and hitting the Bible when I see that God and Jesus did the same thing. Oh, it's not just about my heart. It's about me as a person. Me as a person. What good is it if God this removes this a cup of surgery and I don't have to go through the surgery. That will be a blessing. What a wonderful thing that will be. But if I don't change through this ordeal, I haven't gained anything, especially my wife will not have gained anything, and church will not have gained anything, my, my community, my company, and co-workers, they have not, no one has gained anything, including God. But if I become a new person with a new vision, Boy, I have something to gain, and wife and the kids, everybody have something to gain. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful vision, and that is. It only happened when this tear got saturated, titrated, soaked in words. Abraham was the same thing. After this, he saw a new vision. He had tears coming down his cheek. And he appealed, why is this happening after this? God saw what was good and gave him this picture. So 
as it turned into that, what was the vision for me? Yes, my vision wasn't about becoming the best, wonderful architect or pastor or businessman. That's the difference, guys. I just want you to understand that. I have never set out to become a, to create a big company. I have never set out to, to be a wonderful a businessman making lots of money. That has never been my agenda. But the vision that I have received, that I decided I will believe in this, when the tears came down and, 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 and met the word of God, it was, I want to just simply have influence to others. I want to be able to live truly with all my body to love others as yourself. And then I have heard, God, that's your vision? Well, that's my vision. Don't forget him. It's, you think that's your vision. It's my vision. Picture that you, you have seen, you may think it's impossible with heart, plant, uh, heart transplant surgery. You may think it's impossible. I'll make it happen to you. He gave me the conviction, and I believed it. And I was able to say goodbye to that tempting, nice job. Guys, I was already into making six-figure six numbers. I didn't need to leave that place. I was a principal. I could cruise. I can play golf. Wine and dine, and still make good living because I was principal. What I was good at was building relationship. But I decide that's not what God vision gave me. When I went from heal my heart to heal me, thy will be done, it was different. It was more of a making influence. Simply, the work of as an architect or engineer, the work as I do as our church as pastor, it's just giving me a platform in which to influence others. And you know the, the rest of the story. I'll tell you later, but not today. But amazing things are happening through this church, through this company, using as a platform to influence not thousands, not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in South Korea right now. And God's vision is what is happening over there is going to come here. It is definitely coming over here. And I believe that. And I believe that. And totally believe that. I went, just to give you a little hint, I went over there this time. It was supposed to be justification. My friend and I agreed a couple years ago to go to Korea this period of time because it's a nice autumn time. It was already set. Then I got a call about a month and a half ago. Well, can you come and do a little preaching and 4.30 in the morning twice? Oh, let me ask a friend of mine. And they said, sure. That was good. Went. And then I got a call. Now that we've been talking about this marketplace missionary, the so-called movement that we kind of talked about it. Let's finalize this. Can you bring the president of a biblical theological seminary with you? Okay. Called him up. Is he willing to go? So we were all there together. 
And I came back with total and complete agreement. It's 100%. What do you call that? Green light? Full speed ahead. We're going to be training to, as a pilot program, 1,000 marketplace leaders. With five courses taught by, to be taught by, Biblical Theological Seminary in Korea. We're going to commission them and we're going to send them to their own workplace to make it happen. And that thousand will be two thousand, to be four thousand, will be eight thousand. And that particular church made a commitment. They will raise, they will commission, and they will ordain one hundred thousand people from their church alone. They only have 80,000 members. They only have 80,000 members. They would say, they come in 100,000 100, people. So one of the staff says, well, how are we going to do that, pastor? This pastor? When you have big vision, God's going to make it happen. God's going to make it happen. People are going to come to be taught about how to do this from other places in the next 10 years we're going to produce, we're going to anoint, we're going to commission 100,000. Every church I visit, they want to do. And I'm going to see happen in this church too. I need your help. How can I go and, and do all this? And how, how's your church? Well, we haven't done anything yet. But I do know one thing. All our pastors are tent makers. They're marketplace missionaries. They're marketplace pastors. So that's the story that I tell. So am I. Once tears are shed, once they're saturated with the word of God, the vision we have will be owned by God, and he will make it happen. He will take what is impossible to possible. 1st verse. Do not be afraid. I am your shield. I will take care of it. That's because your vision is now God's vision. In the, in the Bible, the king, Hezekiah, you know that story? The king, Hezekiah, he was a decent king, made some mistakes like all of us. And he was told, you have a terminal illness. You will die soon. Maybe this king never cried before. Perhaps for the first time. And I guess in those days when you're a king, king don't cry. I guess we can say that. He cried. He went before the Lord. He cried and cried. Made an appeal to God. Can you make it happen? I'm going to die soon. It's like receiving the death sentence. Can you do something about this? And he cried and cried. In 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 5, God said this to him, I have heard your prayer. And the next phrase, and have seen your tears. 
God said to Hezekiah, I have heard your prayer and I have seen, literally seen your tears roll down your cheek. And God said, then I will heal you. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will defend your kingdom, your city. <laughs> when I was reading this in the Bible, in the hospital, during that, while well, I was waiting for heart transplant, oh my God, 15 years is like, you know, I mean, the probability of dying was like 75%, and the survival rate is 25%. And I can ask for 15 years? I mean, I could die like right now. And I did, 15 years seemed like eternity. Like, God, give me that too. 15 years. But it wasn't like, I'm laughing now. It wasn't like, give me 15 years. You should see, this, if you were taking a movie uh, of that moment, I wasn't laughing. I wasn't like kidding around with God. I was like, my, 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 you should have seen me. Like, I'm sobbing with like everything that comes out of your face. You know, from nose to eyes and everything. <laughs> You know, and I'm looking at this, give me 15 years, and, the, and I know God has seen my tears too. And I believed it. I believed it. In the Luke chapter 6, 21, and the verses that you know so well, blessed are you who weep now. For you will laugh. When the tears of Jesus, tears that Jesus shed, becomes ours, our tears will turn into God's vision. And that's God's vision will be of ours. And when the blood that Jesus shed for us becomes our tears, then our tears will also become the foundation for the victory that we have in him. Tears will make beautiful music. Tears will bring about the music of the heart. I pray that you will continue to continue to make wonderful and beautiful music as we continue to tear in his words. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. Thank you so much, Father.